right, so last week I talked about um, uh, the small things and the little things in our lives that create, um, can create big things. Um, we talked about how, you know, we, sometimes the, the little things aren't super exciting, but they make for a big overall picture of everything. You know, daily prayer usually isn't super exciting, but it, what it does in the overall picture of things is you can look back and say, a year ago I was praying for that, and God did this. Six months ago I was praying for this, and God healed my body, or God healed this person, or I was praying for, you know, finances for my family on this date, and God did this. See, that, that, that five minutes, that ten minutes, that two minutes of you calling out to God and, and having that conversation with him, um, it creates a bigger picture, and it creates a, 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 a chained link in our relationship with God. Little things bind themselves together in the spiritual, whether it's good or bad. The little things you will do in your life, the little things that you start doing, and I wish I had done a lot of this stuff that I do now as a teenager, because it would have prepared me so well, and that's why I love where our kids are at right now. My daughters are at a place that I, it took me to my 20s to get there because it wasn't a priority. And I'm not, you know, trying to badmouth my parents, but they just, a lot of things happen. And our, and our job is to prepare our children to be better off when they're in their teens than we were in our 20s. And when they're in their 30s, they're better off than we were in our 40s and 50s. So every little thing you do, it binds itself, it links itself together, good or bad. The bad will create links to each other. So when you're praying, what happens? You're praying, you're talking to God. What happens when you do that daily or multiple times during the day? It's called a conversation. If you talk to a person real quick, say, hey, good to see you, and then walk out the door, it's not a conversation, that's a phrase. That's a, that's a one-liner to say, hey, good to see you this week. And then that doesn't build a relationship. If I said that to my wife once a day, hey, good to see you. And then that was the only thing I said to her. I would not be here. <laughs> I wouldn't have a wife. But every little thing that we do, every little conversation that we have with each other, it binds us, it links us, it connects us. So, when we're praying, pray, prayer comes from a relationship with God. Not that lob up of, uh, 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 you know, yeah. it's not one of those uh, throw up a lob prayer and hope God answers it kind of thing. When, when you just throw it up there and you go, oh, I you know, like I was talking about last week, those TV prayers you see, you know, that guy's driving down the road or something's going on. He's like, hey, God, this is blah, blah, blah. And we don't talk much or we don't have, you know, I haven't really... That does not create a relationship. It's those little things that we do that create relationships. We talked about the tongue and how um, it's such a small part of the body, but man, can it cause a problem? Like the, the, some of the things you, you, that come out of your mouth and you're like, did I just say that? And while it's coming out of your mouth, you're just like, no, you're trying to like shove the words back in it and it doesn't work. We, we've all been there, right? Yeah. We all say those stupid things that it's like, I heard it coming out, but I didn't want to say it. And it's like, so the tongue is such a small part, but it directs our lives. 
It's like a, Paul talks about, or, um, excuse me, in uh, James, James talks about it as a rudder. It directs our lives. It, it's like a ship. Think about it. You get a massive ship that has a this tiny little piece of metal behind it. And what does it do? It directs it. Our tongue will direct our lives. So what happens first is this. Let me, let me before it gets to the tongue, we're going to talk about this, is people are like, I can't control my mouth. Well, no, what, what the problem is you can't control your thoughts because the thoughts are controlling your tongue. What happens is, is we don't take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. We don't take the thoughts and say, no, this doesn't line up. This is not what God would say. This is not how Christ would deal with this situation. We're all guilty of that. I'm guilty of that. That we don't take our thoughts captive, so we just start spouting off random things. And then we think about it later, you're just like, oh, yeah, probably shouldn't have said that. You know, we say it out of anger. We say it out of, you know, hurt or whatever it is. But the tongue can be controlled by taking our thoughts captive. Our tongue can be taken control of, and it can be bridled by how we think and how we process what we're going through. And we, so we have to look at that and say, okay, I can control my, my tongue by what is in my head, by taking our thoughts captive. So, so many times, you ever been thinking you're, you're on the phone with somebody and they're just telling you something and in your head, you're just telling them something. And, you know, it, it's just like, you want to, you're just like, and then ever, all of a sudden, you just say what was on your mind. You're like, oh, that slipped out. You know, you, you ever been... Um, having a conversation with somebody and that conversation turns a little, um, let's say, aggressive and they're just going at it. They're just, you know, they're saying what they want to say to you and you're just like, I'm going to stay quiet. I'm going to stay quiet. And then they walk away and you're just like, bah, bah, bah. and then you turn around and go, it's like, but our, our emotions and our, our emotions are very much lined up with our tongue. But when we take our thoughts captive, when we take the little things captive, the, the little moments of anger and like, I just want to tell them off. I just want to say what they are and who they are and where they're going to go. And we take that thought captive. What happens is our emotions are still there. We might be angry with them. We might be upset with them. But our mind's like, no, we're not going to say that. Because what happens is we have to take that thought captive and say, you know what, that doesn't line up with what God wants me to do. What doesn't line up with what his word is, doesn't line up with what Jesus would do. And so when we do that, we're taking that thought captive and then we say, okay, emotions, now that I've got that thought captive, emotions have to come under submission to what my thought life is going to be. So emotions might still be high and you're like, I'm just upset about this, but you start to, to meditate upon what God says, but meditate on his word. The emotions might still be there of anger, hurt, whatever. But your emotions are not going to lead you because your mind is saying, okay, I'm going to think on what God says. I'm going to think on what is good, pure, and holy. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to get my emotions in check. And sometimes that's hard because the emotions get in involved and then, the mouth, and then the brain goes crazy and then the mouth just is like a, a machine gun going off and you're just like, and there's like just a bunch of people in your wake and you're like, oh yeah. And then there's a lot of apologizing later on. Or I should, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say apologizing. Um, you guys know what the word apologize actually comes from? Apologizing actually comes from the root word to defend. 
Apologetics, think about it. Christian apologetics comes from what? Defending our beliefs. So when you say, oh, I apologize, really it means I just, I'm sorry that you caught me doing it, but I'm defending what I said. So repenting actually means to say, hey, I did this, I'm going to do this. So when you talk to somebody, just say, I need to repent to you. Think about it. From now on, you're going to be like, oh, Matt had to tell us that. Now I got to be like, you know, sorry, but there's your uh, good word for the morning. Um, yeah, so the Greek apologetics, um, the Greek for the word apologetics comes from means to defend our faith or defend. So when we apologize, we're just defending what we said. So the tongue, it can tear down or it can build up. And what we say in our life will build up our life. It will tear down our life. It will build up our friends and family. It will tear down our friends and family. You know, I was, um, I was reading this story about um, this Hollywood actress from the 1940s. I love classic movies, so I'll, I'll go and watch different old movies and stuff like that. I, I just kind of, um, you know, I grew up watching that, so if you ask my kids what their, some of their favorite shows are, they're going to say The Office, The Andy Griffith Show, and some of, you know, other things like that. So I grew up watching these old movies because my parents and grandparents watched these movies. So I was reading about this um, actress, and I name slips right now, but she was married five times, and every three years she, she, was getting, she got married. And I came to, uh, I was watching a, a clip of a movie, and the movie was very kind of, um, it was, um, you know, in the 40s, everything was a musical back then. You know, you had song and dance for everything. And I was watching that, and there was an argument, and the guy slapped her across the face, and the comment was underneath that says it's representing of her representation representation excuse me of her life. Her father was an abusive person, and she was abused by multiple husbands for multiple years. Every three years, she got a new husband, and they all ended in divorce. And I thought about that, and it was like, how? Our lives, if we get stuck in a cycle, if we get stuck in anything, we will move from the exact same thing to the exact same thing. It may look different, have a different coat of paint on it, but it is the exact same thing. We'll be stuck in the same cycle with a different coat of paint on it. One day, day it's red, next day it's yellow. But you know what? It's going to be the same thing because if we don't change the way we think and speak, it will become true. You know, I, it, there was a giant coincidence that what I spoke on about, who I spoke about last week happened yeah. with Kobe Bryant and his daughter and all those people dying in the helicopter crash. And it was just, it was a sad situation. But I watched an interview with one of his, his good friends. Um, he played with him in, the, in basketball in the 90s. He was retired. He's a, some kind of a coach now. And he said, I talked to Kobe when he was young. He says, I want to die young. I want to be a legend and die young. And that's what he told his friend. I want to be immortalized. And I, I thought about that, and I was like, you know, I, I, your words will take you there. I'm not saying that that's what happened, but your words will direct your path. What you say about your life will change the situation you have. How you speak over people will change how they behave, how they act, 
how you think about them. Um, the quote I found was this. It says, our words have power. They impact others, but they also impact us. Every word you say will impact something in your life. Whether it's, you know, friends, family, your work situation, whatever it is, it's going to impact. You know, we look at the words we say, and in Proverbs 21, or excuse me, 18:21, says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. What you say, you will reap. What you speak, you will speak death. People will start to speak that over you. You start to speak that over yourself. You will reap that. You know, I remember, gosh, 10 years ago, more than that, somebody spoke, over, somebody spoke some words over us that said, oh, you'll never do this, and you'll never do this if you don't do this. And it was like, that is a word curse put on you saying, you will not do this unless you do this. And, and think about this. Would you do that to your child? Would you go up to your child and say, you know, I really love you, but you're really not going to amount to a hill of beans. You wouldn't say that. You would not go up to your child and say, you know, I really love you, but you're really kind of dumb. You're stupid. You don't, you're not, you're kind of, you know, you're not bright. You're just not going to be able to do a whole lot in life. And you're just going to, you're going to be this. Why would you say that? No, no loving person would say that to their child. You know, Jared and Kayla aren't going to be like, they're the little baby. You're not going to amount to a hill of beans. You know, they're not going to do that. But think about this. Parents say this over their children, whether they realize it or not. And we're all guilty of that. Oh, they're just being so dumb right now. They're stupid. You know, think about it. We do. We, we say that so many times over our kids. And, and when our kids were, you know, we think about that. Uh, like when they're little, like, man, they're just being dumb right now. And we say those things to ourselves. We may not say them to them, but we're saying it to ourselves sometimes. And we're like, wait a minute. We got to start thinking about what we say over people. Even if they don't hear it, we're creating with our words. What we say over our lives has a consequence. It has a good or it has a bad. What fruit do you want from it? What do you want from it? You know, what we confess or declare over our lives will affect what happens over our lives. You know, people are like, oh, well, you know, we just got to, we got to think happy thoughts and send good vibes and, you know, all that, that stuff. And, but our words are really what creates. Our words, because God created us in his image. And in Genesis 1, let me show you this. You guys want to, you can go there. And I'm going to start, I'm not going to read it all, but I want you guys to look at this. It says, in the beginning... Genesis 1.1, God created heavens and the earth, and the earth was out form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And then you skip down to verse 6, and it says, God said, let there be an expanse. And then verse 9, and God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together. And then verse 11, and then God said, let the earth sprout vegetation and plants yielding seed. 
And then verse 14, and God said, let there be lights in the expanse of heaven. Verse 20, and God said, let the waters swarm with the swarms of living creatures. Verse 24, and God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures. 26, and God said, let us make man in our image. The entire first chapter was God speaking into existence what he wanted in his creation. Everything that he said happened. And what's the last thing he says? Hey, let's make man in our image. I'm not saying you can create and destroy worlds with your, with your words. We're not God. But he created us in his image so that we could create like him. The words we say will build up. They will create. They will destroy. If God spoke something into existence and he made us in his image, do you not think that he would have given us the same ability to create or destroy. So we have to look at what we say. We have to think about, okay, what am I speaking to myself? What am I speaking to the people around me, my wife, my husband, my kids, my grandkids, whatever it is, what am I speaking? What is coming out of my mouth or what is being thought before I speak it? We have to think about wh- how we speak, but we have to think about wh- what we're thinking up here. When we think about what we're saying up here, we got to quit firing from the hip sometimes and think about what we're going to say. You know, in arguments, it's rapid fire from the hip and then, you know, maybe a repent later. But we have to start to think about what we say because even though you may repent to the person that you're talking to, those words have still already created something or destroyed something. We have to start to think about what we're speaking into our own lives. You know, um, Sarah was telling me a story about her um, aunt and this was when her grandmother on her dad's side was was sick and um she said well i'm just gonna or i think it was her dad i'm just gonna take care of grandpa and then when i when grandpa's gone i'll be gone and within a a couple like two weeks a couple days boom just gone but what did she do she created with her mouth she created something that became so powerful she believed it she believed it that her body believed it. We take for granted what, what power our words have. We have to start to speak life into our, ourselves, into p- other people. We have to start to speak the positive things. And I'm not talking about the, all that weird Oprah Winfrey, weird Church of Oprah stuff. I'm talking about we have to start to speak what the Word of God says over people. We have to start to speak what the word of God says over our children, over our grandkids, over our jobs, our finances, whatever it is, you have to start to speak the word of God over it. So we have to have faith-filled words. You ever been afraid of something going on? You're just like, I don't know what's going to happen. You're, just, you're in fear. You're nervous about it. You ever been there? Anybody? Yeah, we've all been there at one point in our life. Whether it's finances, family, health, whatever it is, we've all had those issues where it's like, I don't know what's going to happen. And you just start to, 
you start to ramble on about what could happen and what, what may happen. But what we're doing is we're just creating a pit of fear to waller in. We have to have faith. Yes, I understand it's tough sometimes when we go through situations and it doesn't, we don't see what it's going to look like. It's easy to, to sit in the pit and waller. You just keep digging it and digging it and digging it, and it's easy to sit there. It's easy to be there, but faithful words take a little extra effort. It's a little more heavy lifting. It requires, it requires a little more exercising of our faith, you know. Sitting in a pit is 2.5 pounds and just going for tone, not bulk. Faith is grabbing 50 pounds and saying, I'm going to build something with this. You have to, you have to, you have to have some resistance in order to, get, to build. You, you're not going to sit there with a rubber band and go, just working on, my, working on the biceps, working on the biceps. No, it has to be appropriate actions and appropriate weight to build the muscle that you're going to go after. So in our lives, we have to start to, to speak words that are filled with faith. And sometimes that's heavy lifting. Sometimes it's hard to, to speak that into our lives, even though because we're going through the situation, we're like one foot in the pit and we're trying to pull ourselves out. And there's, there's a lifeline always, though. But that lifeline is sometimes it's hard to pull ourselves up, into, up out of the pit of fear, despair, worry the pit's so easy but climbing out of it with our words be living on solid ground living with faith in what we say and what we, what we're believing for is sometimes hard but the easiest way to do that is this is people are like well i just don't know what to pray well god made it really easy for us to pray and here's how we do this if we need to pray not having a conversation with him, but to start to declare things over our life. The easiest way is to take a lot of this and start to declare it over our lives. So James 5, 16, now you don't have to turn there, but it says our prayers, this is just a quotation of it, so you can declare this over your life. My prayers are powerful and effective. You're like, God, I don't know if my prayers are getting answered. So if you don't know that, start to declare that over your life. Because what happens is that, that declaration in our life, that confession, confession over our life, we have to start to believe that. If we don't believe it, it's not going to be powerful. If we don't believe what we're speaking, nothing's going to happen. So start to declare things over your life. Philippians 4.19, my God supplies all my needs, my financial needs, according to his riches and glory. Start to confess that over your life. Romans 6, 11, I am dead to sin, but I am alive to obeying Christ. Start to declare that over your life. Psalm 91, I have supernatural protection in my life. Luke 2, 52, I prosper in every relationship I have. I think we could all use that, right? Mark 16, 17, and 18. I consistently bring God encounters to people around me. 
If you want to reach people, start to confess that over your life. I consistently bring God encounters to people around me. That means you're consistently carrying the Holy Spirit in everything you do, where you go, what you say. And you know what? People are experiencing a difference when they're like, hey, why is it so peaceful when you're here? Why is it so calm when you're here? Why is it, why is no anger here? Why is no, you know, why is fear gone when you're here? You get a chaos, you get a uh, situation full of chaos, all you do is you bring Layla in. I love it because you can bring a a situation just absolutely ape crazy, bring my daughter in, then the situation just goes. She's done that since she was that age. Little baby, chaos, just holding the baby, just peace just comes. Galatians 3. Jesus loves me. He cares for me. And I'm worthy to receive God's blessing in my life. I think sometimes we're like, God, do you you ever felt that way? I've felt that way. Even as a a leader, I'm like, God, am I really worthy of this? Am I really worthy of your love? Am I really worthy of the blessing that you want in my life? We're all there. We've all been there. It's like, you know he's good, but then you just, you have that question. God, why am I really, you look at your life and you look at what you've done and you look at, you know, things like, God, am I really worthy of this? Am I really worthy of your love and and your salvation and and your peace in my life? But Galatians 1, excuse me, Galatians 3, 1 through 5 says, though Jesus, I am, through Jesus, I am 100% loved, worthy, and receive God's blessing. You are worthy to receive God's blessing. I'm just speaking that over all of you. You're all worthy to receive God's blessing and his love in your life. Acts 16, verses 30 and 31. Each of my family members is wonderfully blessed and radically loved by Jesus. Sometimes we don't love them. (laughs) But Jesus loves them. Sometimes it's hard to love them, but they are 100% loved by God. Sometimes they drive you up the wall and you're just like, leave me alone. I don't want to talk to you. But then God says, oh, by the way, remind me of Acts. And he's like, oh, and you're like, oh, yeah. And God reminds you, he goes, I love you just as much as I love them, even though they drive you insane. Psalms 2, 2 through 4 says, I laugh when I hear a lie from the enemy. So when, when the enemy says to you, this is how it's going to be, you can laugh at it and say, oh, <laughs> you're funny. Not really. Um, but that's the thing is, uh, the words we speak, the little things we speak over our life will change how we react. Will change how we go through a situation. We've all been through those situations. It's like, you know what? I don't know how I'm getting out of this. I don't know. I don't see the end in sight. I don't see the little light at the end of the tunnel. So, uh, fun fact, went to the water park um, on Friday, and I went on the, the single tube, and I accidentally got spun around inside of it, so I'm going backwards down it. Oh, no. Right after I ate, like, four slices of pizza. Um, 
and I can't see anything because this, tu- this tunnel goes outside and it's like six o'clock at night and, it, it, and it's just like pitch black and I can't see. And, I'm just, and I got on the tube the wrong way so I had to reach back like this to hold on instead of like this. So I'm just like, like the, the feeling of I can't see what's going on. It's pitch black. I don't know where, the, I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel and I'm just like, oh, and I'm just like, I don't, uh, I'm about ready to just lose everything I've just eaten and I can't tell when it's going to end. And I'm like, and I'm backwards, backwards on the tube. You know, I just got on, wasn't paying attention. I'm like, oh, it'll be fine. And then I got spun around in there, and I'm going backwards down like a 100-foot water slide, and I'm just like, I'm losing it. I can't see. And I think sometimes in the situations that you guys might be in right now is sometimes you feel like you've just eaten too much, you're backwards in, the, in this tube, and it's pitch black, and you don't know where you're going. And you can't see the end. And you can't see what is coming. What was coming was a blinding light and me almost losing my shorts. <laughs> Luckily, I had tied them. Um, but it was like I couldn't see what was coming, so it was a surprise. And you don't know when you're in that dark area, when you're going through it, that when it's going to end, you can't see the end, but you're going through it. But the thing is, is I didn't know who to rely on. I couldn't rely on anybody. I just had to hold on to what I had as best as possible like this. I'm, you know, trying to hold on. I had to hold on to it while I'm going through it. And I don't know what's going on. You know, I'm just blind. I'm blinded to everything that was going on because I, it's so pitch black and you're in this tunnel and you're going through it. But God says, you know what? While you're going through that, your prayers are effective. Your, support, your needs will be met. You're alive to Christ. You walk in health. You have protection. I was really praying for that. You know, I'm like, you're going down backwards. You're really praying for that. I was hoping I would have relationships after that. I was, I was hoping I'm not going to die in this. You know, I'm like, I don't like roller coasters. And so, you know, going upside down and, and all that stuff just sloshes things around in me. And, you know, I'm going in this tube backwards, blind, and backwards on the tube, and I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. And I'm feeling like, here's going on. But you know what? I'm hoping, I want to see my wife and kids. I want to see, you know. (laughs) But the great thing is, is while I was going through that, I knew there was an end to it. I just didn't know when, but it was a surprising. It was like, bam, I hit the pool, the light, and it just blinds me. And I just got up and I'm like, oh. And sometimes when we're going through those situations, it's like, I just need to stop right now. Sometimes we need to catch our breath. But we need to start to speak what God says over our lives. Start to confess those things in in our lives because what happens is is this. If we don't, we just start to see the circumstances and that we take that as, as truth. If we don't know what God says, we take the circumstances as truth. The circumstances are just the circumstances. God's word and what he speaks over us is the truth. You know, it's like, well, that's just my truth. Well, <laughs> I want to slap a person when I hear them say that. 
I hate that phrase. Well, I'm just speaking my truth. What is your truth and what kind of crap did you come up with? Because you know what? Oh, people are like, well, the truth will set you free. No, read that scripture. He says, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Not, oh, the truth will set you free. Sometimes the truth will kill you. Sometimes the truth will destroy everything in your life. You're like, oh, I just need to know the truth. No, do you? I don't know if you really want to know the truth. Sometimes the truth is not the best thing. But to know who God is, if you abide in him and he abides in you and you know his word, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We're not talking about some person's random, I'm just, this is what I'm saying about it. No, we're talking about his word, what he says in this, the truth in here will set us free. Not just somebody telling us the truth about what they did. Don't want to know about that. The words you speak will choose your path in life. Will choose what you do. You, you, I was watching this, this little video clip and this guy is standing before the judge. You guys have probably seen this. And the guy's standing before the judge and the female judge says, she looks at the docket and she's like, blah, 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 this is this. And she goes, are you the same, this person that went to this high, this high school and this thing? He's like, yes, ma'am. She goes, I was in the same class as him, as, as class as you. And he recognized her. He began to weep. He's standing before the judge for, you know, felonies or whatever it was, and he was arrested. He had his jumpsuit on, and he was standing before her, and he was like, she said, are you the same person? that?" She goes, I was in this class with you. And he began to weep because of what, where he was and where she was. He's standing before his classmate, who is now the judge, handing down sentencing for him. And he started to weep because of where he was. And where he saw she was. Of where, I, I think in that instant moment, he took account for everything that he had done and the, the mistakes he'd made, the choices he made, and said, and, the, and the, the words that he had spoken in his life and said, what did I do? And I'm standing before my own classmate as a convict or a prisoner, and she's handing down sentencing to me. And just to watch him weep. And she goes, I just pray that you will make right choices. And then it was just a, a two, three minute video clip. And it just made me think about this. It says, the choices, two people in the same path in life at that moment, but separated by 20 years or whatever. And now, by the choices they've made, the words that they've spoke, the decisions that they've made, have changed the path and the course of their life. Our tongue is like a rudder. It will take us places that we don't want to go. It will take us places that we do want to go. But we have to start to think about what we do. We take our thoughts captive and we start to tell ourselves and talk to our emotions and say, you know what? Yes, that is a valid emotion, but it's not what controls your life. Our emotions are there to help kind of guide, not guide us, but give us a, a sounding, a, a sonar of, of this makes me feel sad, this makes me feel happy, this is making me angry. And then our spirit is there to, to discern that and say, okay, well, you're upset about this. Well, what does God say about it? What are you going to say about it? 
Are you going to keep talking the way that you're talking? Are you going to keep saying the th- things that you keep saying and expect a different result? If you keep saying the things you're saying and want a different result, it's not going to happen. It'd be like saying, my kid's dumb, my kid's stupid, and going, why aren't you getting good grades? I expect you to get good grades. And then when they're, when they're gone, like, that kid's just so dumb. I expect you to get good grades. Whether your child hears that or not, whether someone hears that or not, you are now putting that over their lives. I think our job as believers is to speak standing on. And they really didn't like our, our answer. They can't. And, but we just said, this is what we're going to believe for. And this is what we're standing on. We know what God says. We know what he's going to do. And finally, our doctor, who was a believer, finally just told all of the other places, stop asking them to come down for ultrasounds. We're just like, we're done. We're done. We're just like, we're done coming down for the ultrasounds. We're done coming down for your consultations on how we need to exterminate our baby. And we're like, we're sticking with what God says. We're sticking with what the word of God says about this child. We're sticking to the, what the word of God says about her body, her, her mind, everything. And we're going to just hold on to that. And we're going we're gonna to hold on to that. And we're, we're not going to listen to what everything goes on. And sometimes you need to cut the chatter. You need to turn off the radio. You need to turn off the, the phone. You need to turn off everything else and go back to what God says. Go back to what his word says and say, oh, by the way, he says, you know what? I have supernatural protection in my life. I can be healed. I have healing. My kids can be healed. My, my grandkids can be healed. My wife, they can be healed. And you cut that, that noise, you take all that noise away and you just say, this is what I'm focusing on. And I really wanted to, but I didn't. I wanted to when she was born and she came out and the first thing the nurses did was take her and then bring her around the hospital and show her off to everybody instead of like, you know, like cleaning her up like they were supposed to and giving her to mom. They just kind of took her and, and showed her around the hospital like 15 minutes and then brought her back. And Sarah's just like, where's my baby? Um, I really wanted to take a picture of the baby, uh, of Layla, and, and blow it up into like a 30 by 40 poster and send it to the clinic down there and be like, oh, by the way, hey, this is what you said about her, but this is what God did. Put this on your wall. Because you know what? We looked at God and said, you know what? Your word says we can have hope. Your word says if we speak that, things will come to pass. I mean, there, there was times, and you got to remember, Sarah was sick all nine months of that. Like, too much pizza going down backwards on a tube sick. Um, on a good day. Yeah. And she was sick, but what, what did we do? I remember her having a cassette player. In the, we have this boombox, this black, weird, Panasonic, Panasonic 90s boombox in our bathroom. She's laying on the floor with this tape. She would just push it, and it would stop, and she'd flip it over and push it again, and she'd stop and push it over again while she's on the floor sick. And she, what was she doing? She wasn't worried about herself. She was listening to what God said and speaking that over our child. Because you know what? If she said, oh, I just need to get, I just need to to worry about myself and I need to feel good. 
But what she said is, you know what, I'm going to fight for this. Sometimes fighting means that you have to sacrifice self to bring life to something else. And I, and I look at that, and every day I, I look at my child, and I think sometimes she's just insane. But she is, like, I look at her and I say, you know what, we could have said, you know what, no, I don't want to do this. But we knew that what God said about life, that it is precious. And that everyone is born for a purpose and a plan. And I'm like, and when I see my daughter, I'm like, I just want to be like, do a little dance in front of that clinic. Like, you were wrong, you were wrong. And because I know what God did. I know that God had a purpose for her. And what we did is we, did, we took hold of God's word and we said, no, I'm going to keep saying what God says. I'm going to keep saying what God says. I'm going to keep saying what God says until it comes true. And if something doesn't come true, we still know that God is good and we keep saying what God says and we keep saying what God says in, in every situation because it will change the way you think. When you start to confess what God says, it will start to change what is in here and then it'll just be natural and it'll roll and it'll roll off the tongue. Instead of, well, well I, know, I need to find that sheet and I need to start to confess that. You should have seen our bathroom mirrors when she was pregnant. There was like little confessions all over. There was, they were stuck to the dash of the car. They were on the window, on the steering wheel. She taped stuff to the steering wheel into the, the dash of the car because she needed that. We need to take God's word and we need to paste it and tape it and tie it and wire it into our hearts so that everything that comes out of us is, what does God say? This is what God says. This is the situation I'm going through. This is what God says about it. When we speak what God says, the situations change. It's not us that's doing it. It's not what we're saying that's doing it. It's the, the word of the Lord being prophesied over a situation. You know, when, we're, when Layla was in the womb, we weren't just saying, well, I hope this happens. No, we were prophesying over our daughter that this is what God is doing. With long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. When you do that, what happens is it builds a foundation. I talked last week about that mustard seed. That mustard seed builds that foundation. That little seed, that little seed, that little seed starts to build up. And when that little seed keeps going and going, you finally have something to stand on. After she was born, it's like, I take on anything. It's like, this is what God can do. This is what God will do. Let's pray.